Jim, what are we talking about today? Um, no, I wanted to talk, to talk today about local lenders. It's something I've written, I've written about and told my clients for years is that you know, there's, a, there's a certain value to being able to text a lender at 8.30 on a Friday night and get them to respond. Um, you know, because it's, you know, a lot of them come in and they say, well, I saw on Zillow or I saw on Rocket Mortgage or I saw on Quicken or I saw, you know, whatever. It's like, my rate can be this. I was like, great. Why don't you ask them a question right now? Oh, wait, they, they, I have to call the one, I have to call the 1-800 number and, and get somebody. I go, well, I text my lender right now and get an answer in three minutes. You know, and it's something that the, the lenders that I use are, are, they're really, really good. And they're also accountable to me and to the community and to the client and everything. When we finish the closing, the lender, my lender's cut the lenders I recommend come to the, to the closing and we spend an hour or whatever in, in there and then we leave and the lenders and I both say, you know, once you're closed, we don't go away. If you have a question in six months or six years, we're going to be here. And I try to convince my clients that you call 1-800-LENDER. I think Lending Tree is another one. Mm-hmm. You call them and it's a 1-800 number and you're going to get routed into a call system and they're going to have to look at the notes and see who you are. And the lenders, I and my lenders, all have you know, relationships with our clients, and we care about whether they're making the right decision. And we, when it's the bad decision, we try and help them see the light that this is a bad path for them to go down. Whereas a lot of the online lenders would say, "Oh, you want how much? Okay, great," and don't care whether there's a, a kid involved or a dog or right. lifestyle change or anything like that. Um, so it's something that I've, I've professed for years is that using somebody local is huge. And I had one recently where I tried to give another lender, a local lender, a shot. And I, I kept, so I added him to my list of two or three. And we're, my clients and I are standing in a, in a house getting ready to make an offer. They talked to two lenders. I, I said, yeah, let's give this one, the first guy a shot. And called him, no answer. Texted, no answer. Mm-hmm. Waited five minutes because that's a reasonable amount of time in this world. Mm-hmm. He didn't answer. Called the other guy. 30 seconds later, he responded and you know, he was actually in one of the certain circles of hell, uh, known as the Massanutten Water Park, oh. <laughs> uh, for a birthday party for his for his daughter. Oh. Saw so it was me. Answered the phone, helped us do what we needed to do, and it was all done within an hour. In fairness, you were, you provided him a reprieve in his life moment at that point. Oh, you he, probably saw that call. No, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta dip out for ten. He was he month. was doing the same thing I was doing a month prior. <laughs> Hiding up in the observation, the sweaty, stinky observation tower or area, getting my work done. So that being said, he was there watching his kid run, and friends run around and you answer need, the phone. You need, you need to scratch the Massanutten water park off and be potential You can just bleep out Massanutten. They only work on trees. <laughs> 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 Yeah, we got to um, take out the Massanutten part and just say water park because a former client of mine is the GM there, so maybe you know shouldn't be good. Um, but no, it, <laughs> but I mean, I mean, this is going to seem like an obvious question, but yeah. I mean, I think it's good to go over. I mean, aside from the benefit of you know, I can easily get them on the phone or easily get them by email. I mean, what are, what are, what are some of the more again? These could be obvious reasons about right. how like they are helping to build the community in which they exist themselves. Mm-hmm. Those are the obvious questions. But I mean, talk about how that actually directly affects. A community, how that directly affects a, a, a... Well, they give back. I mean, so, for, so first, from a product perspective, it's usually from the same money anyway. They're all pulling from the same ginormous pool of, of money. 
Fed rates are the you know, Fed rates, period. And then they and then every almost every residential loan that's a you know a Fannie Freddie type loan gets packaged and resold, you know, within a month of closing anyway. Mm-hmm. So they're not it's not like they're the you know, Matt is the lender is has you know hundred million dollars of his own money where he's l- lending out. He's making the loan and he's, and his company sells it off. Uh-huh. You know, so there, there's that. They, and they're all pulling from the same money. It's usually the same, mostly the same rates. You, know, you can find some discrepancies, some some variations here and there, but you know, for the most part, they're all pretty much the same. You know, so but they, you know, they from a give back perspective, one they they help people buy homes, which is you know they're they're yeah. available. Yeah. Um, but they give they, they participate in community events. They give back to charities. Their kids go to our schools, and you know, it's just it's nice to have a community member be part of the conversation. Whereas you know, again, the one eight hundred lender. You don't know who they are. You don't know if they're going to answer. You can't get them at eight thirty at night, when a lot of my business happens. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's something that you know I think that. Well, I also think too. I mean, even just to go, you know, if a foreclosure happens in a in a, in a community, it affects a community lender legitimately in that person's community. Whereas a foreclosure happens in a community, but it's a lending tree. They don't give a shit about where or when. Or it's for a what it's a spec. It's a it's a tick mark on a on a spreadsheet. Yeah. It's all you know, so it's, I think that again, it's, you know, we, in this practice, we, we work together to make sure people make good decisions. And you have a lender that says, oh, you can qualify for $500,000. Uh, I always ask my clients, you know, do you, do you like to drink good beer? Because if you like to drink good craft beer, at some point in our history, 12 bucks for a six pack became normal. Right. I have no idea when that happened. Right. You know, but if you like to drink good craft beer, instead of, you know, $4 for a six pack beer, if they still make it anymore, be wise about your money. And the lender's going to have that conversation. They're going to know them. They know what they're interested in. Where's this $4 six pack? <laughs> PBR section, man. You, I'm a craft beer guy. You all have some snobs. What, what is, a lot, where are you finding PBR for $4 for a six pack? Maybe like $5 for the six pack. But they're at the Harris Theater yeah. down the road. That's yeah. different. I didn't know they make. It might be six. Who knows? It's not 12 And And $12 for a six pack. It, I paid. It's 10 o'clock. Ten thirty. I bought a six-pack for clients this morning at 9.15 and did not feel that bad walking to the great value. There you go. <laughs> you know, um, but no, I think it's, you know, they, they care. And, and it's, you know, I don't know if I've ever told you all the, I had a client years ago that um, told me his defini- definition of, afforda- of affordability is one that if he's out to dinner with five or six of his friends and he wants to pick up the tab, he can. I thought it was a really clever way and very yeah. simple way to look at affordability. Yeah. You know, if so, if, if, the, lend, if the lender's helping you max out your, your, your monthly budget, they're not doing their job. Right. Um, yeah. So I think it's something that, again, from a local lender standpoint, I, well, also, when I, as a buyer's agent, if I, take a, if I take an offer on a house and there are three offers, one is from national lender, one is from crappy local lender, and one is from good local lender, the good local lender is going to be considered more heavily. And I represented a seller last year, and I had gone through a transaction probably six or nine months previously. We got multiple offers. One was from the lender who, in six months prior, had lied to me, to my clients, to the agent, to the buyers. And things worked out two and a half months late. It was a disaster. We've taken application. We have all the paperwork. We're closing next week. They hadn't taken application. They didn't have any paperwork. They weren't closing next week. Holy shit. It was, it was a disaster. And so that guy, that company, 
you know, I don't even know if it's the same guy. That company brought a, uh, you know, provided a pre-approval for my, for their buyer. We got four or five offers and I looked at that one. I was like, I told my clients, I would advise you to not even consider this. And this is why, you know, and it wow. was, it was something that, you know, for, for that particular buyer who used them, they didn't know any better or they should have known better and they didn't. Um, so it's, their agent should have known better, but it's something that, um, it, it matters to have a, a, it sounds trite, but it had to have a trusted name behind which, what's being put forth that everybody knows that, oh, this guy's on, the, on it, it's going to happen. Right. If you have, you know, big bank here, you know, you, not, you don't know. It might happen. It probably will happen. Hmm. Ish. I don't know. And, but my clients come to me for, you know, trusted solutions and packages because a lot of them don't, don't know what they're doing because it's not what they do every day. You know, if I'm, you know, if I'm running a studio, you know, I know my world, you know, but if I step in as a realtor into your world, I'd have no idea what I was doing, mm-hmm. you know, and I would, that, I would trust you to guide me, right. whereas my clients, most of my clients come to me and they trust me implicitly. Mm-hmm. You know, the number of times I've had clients the last four or six weeks say exactly this, I trust you. I, I can't put a value on that. But they, for them, it's, you know, they're, they've hired a professional that, you know, that they know is going to give them good advice. This is Bart Eisler's Scrimmage Play. Uh, I was going to write an old school radio jingle for this, something slick with a catchy chorus of people just singing our name over and over again. But we have zero musical talent on staff. What we do have, and that is one slick transition there, is a passion for talking about, writing about, and shooting video of high school sports in Central Virginia. For almost a decade, we've been the top source for high school sports coverage in this area. We've also got a podcast that's now a part of the Central Network. If you love high school sports, give us a listen. And if you like what we're doing, check out the support link in each episode description and support the work we're doing. In the meantime, we'll keep working on that jingle. At risk with the way that the mortgage crisis happened, or was it pretty much just the big boys that caused the problem and therefore suffered from the problem? Or, and did that direct people into local community credit unions and stuff more no. so afterwards? Like, I, have to I would argue that, that the ones who benefited the most were the big boys who went under because they were able to sell those, you know, they were to get to get bailouts from the government. And sell off their jobs. Yeah. So, you know, which, again, is a whole nother conversation. Yeah. But I think it, it highlighted the value of knowing you, the, the people you're working with because most of the money is getting resold anyway. So I mean, the, the back end doesn't even matter. The front end where you have the confidence it's going to happen is where it matters. Um, and so, it's, yeah, I think it's something that you know, people come to me and they say, what should I do? <laughs> you know, my, my job is to give them guidance and advice. And, you know, I, I wrote a story years ago called The A-Team, you know, with the, like the real A-Team with, you know, actually on TV, not, mm-hmm. the, not the newfangled A-Team. Yeah, yeah, but the new A-Team on, in, on, yeah. in the movies was mm-hmm. yeah, not so much. Um, you wrote about the A-Team. wrote about the A-Team. Because people come to me, they, they want to know what to do. I mean, it's, we can all Google and we can all look at reviews, but, you know, it, it's... Actually, I'm going to do that. I'm going to talk about that one. Um, you know, it, and it, it, there's a value in saying, hey, Jim, who do you know and who do you trust? You know, and the lenders, inspectors, you know, the mm-hmm. whole package. They come to me to, to assemble a team. Yeah. You know, and so it's something that, you know, it's part of what, what we do is know who's good and know who's bad. And if they come to me and they say, I want to use this guy, I'm like, eh, okay. But here's what's likely to happen. Yeah. Um, like with you know, there are a couple of agents in town that, you know, I will say, I will prep my clients for how the transaction may go, if we go this route with this with this agent on the other side, because you're only as good as the agent on the other is you're only as good as the agent on the other side. Yeah. 
you know, if it's this guy, this particular agent, we all know that it's going to be bumpy. But setting expectations, it's not, I mean, that's not something you're going to see on Zillow. That's not something you're going to see online. Um, I do want to talk real quick about reviews because I asked all my clients for, for reviews and you know good and bad and whatever. But my favorite my favorite review was from two or three years ago, and it's one where I got fired, <laughs> and I had buyers, first time home buyers, and um, they found a house that they loved. Un- I think it was no, it was it was, it was not not an unrepresented seller. It was, it was on the market. House that they 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 loved, and I advised them with a thought towards resale. Probably too heavily towards resale, and uh, there were actually multiple bids, and they got outbid, and they were emotionally devastated, and they fired me, and then they wrote a thoughtful and somewhat negative review for me on Zillow, giving like a one out of five. And it's probably my the best review I've ever gotten, because it's one, it adds credibility, because if you all if you, if all you see on, online are you know five top five reviews, uh-huh. I I don't trust them, right. um, but also I learned I, mean, I learned to how to better advise and guide my clients, and so it, you know, I I didn't write them a thank you note, <laughs> you know saying, saying thank you for firing me and thanking thank you for uh, for leaving a thoughtful review, but I did. I have gone to that many times throughout the years. I'm advising folks in this market of you might be overpaying, but it's your decision. You know, if they choose to to pay more with my guidance towards what might happen on the other end, because I've I've been through a crash, I know the pain that can come. You know, it's something that um, I, I I dial back my advice and guidance towards resale uh, for a lot of my folks because I don't want to be the impediment to them getting a the house that they love. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was my quick little tangent on reviews. There you go. But, I mean, a lot of people are going to use reviews to determine, I mean, like, we're just in that culture now. Right. You use Yelp to figure out where you want to eat. Mm-hmm. Even if people, I've been to restaurants that got great Yelp reviews that were not good. Right. Like everybody was wrong. Right. All the people were wrong. <laughs> and it's not their fault. They were just wrong. Um like everybody's entitled. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. It's just sometimes they're the wrong opinions. <laughs> but like, how important? Like you said that like that lends credibility. That mm-hmm. like having that negative one on there lends credibility. Like, do you, you know what do you look for when you look for a set of reviews on a lender? I. The honest answer is I have not. You have had to. Had to. I mean, I had one. <clears throat> If I were looking to, for for lender reviews and I were trying to evaluate one, I mean, I, I think the obvious one would be you know best rate, but I think also closing closing on time percentage. I mean, there's a an attorney in town who tracks tracks closing percentages, and the local lenders I recommend are you know closing I think it's like ninety seven ninety eight percent of the time on time, and big banks are closer to fifty sixty. Yeah. You know, so I think you know, and that's not something you see. You're not going to find that data online as far as when do you close, you know, how often do you close on time. But I think, you know, if I were evaluating a lender, it'd be rate, closing on time, accessibility. You know, can I text them at 8.30 on a Sunday morning and get a response? Um, and then I think, you know, reputation, just general reputation. Is that a good person? You know, I, I try to not make decisions in my, in my life, you know, purely financial base. I mean, yes, it's, it's obviously a factor in almost everything. But I'm not going to choose 
you know, where to go to dinner, if it's the same burger place next door and this guy's a good guy and this guy's a bad guy, and this, the bad guy makes a little bit better burger, I'll probably go to the good guy. Mm-hmm. You know, just because I want to support good people. I will say, there is an exception to that rule. There's a barbecue place in South Carolina run by a virulent racist. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, I've never eaten there, but apparently it's fantastic. I just want that on the record. Like, sometimes bad people make transcendent food. Like it's, just, it's, it's a thing that happens, and like people say in the reviews, like if you can ignore the white nationalist literature at the door, this is fantastic pork. Which I, I might be like the worst bargain with the devil you've ever made. Like you're in a state where there's like so much good barbecue, barbecue like every six feet, but like you don't have to take it like a, with a twinge of racism. And it's not a twinge. Like this is a person who like a separatist state. Like, at some point, you have to draw a line. But apparently, the barbecue is is better than racism. So, you know, I get it. Much better than the racism. <laughs> Significantly better than the racism. Yes, there's the tagline. <laughs> uh. Oh, man. But, yeah, yeah, I think the, the local stuff is, yeah, yeah I, I try to buy local everything. The six-pack I bought for clients this morning at 915 was all local beer. Yeah, and... I mean, this gets back to a conversation we had weeks ago, too, which kind of just gets to this whole philosophical thing of that, you know, with the advent of the internet mm-hmm. and the things that have advented, been invented around that, such as Uber and Yelp and all these things that are, I can access anything at any time from anywhere, how much, like, I almost feel like that overwhelmed us as just human beings in nature. and. I feel that there's such a strong pull for human nature to get back to what is in their immediate surrounding environments. Which is why, like, even when I travel, when I go down to South Carolina, I'm looking for my, like, where's my local barbecue joint? I may not be looking for the... Dave has definitely... (laughs) (laughs) Like, he definitely has. He's he's panicking right now that that's going to be revealed. Yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, it, it, it... it really does like kind of speak to like how localities and, and local communities, I think, are, are really the next resurgent thing that's happening right now. And in multiple industries, in multiple well, facets of the world, is that the world got so big and so accessible via the internet that you're just seeing people's desire to turn back to they want to their connect. immediate surroundings. And they want to be able to connect yeah. on a personal level to that thing that they're consuming. You can't connect to anything personal when, it, when you're dealing with any tree. And maybe there are times where, like, I don't need to connect personally to this thing. Mm-hmm. I just need to get my deal done. I think Rocket Warriors does have live chat. So that's, that's <laughs> kind of live chat. Talking to a robot can a lot. I mean, look, we're getting there. We're almost there. We're almost there. We could be there now, and we don't know it because we're living within the, the matrix. But who knows? Yeah, might be jacked in. It's true. Jim Duggan's here breaking, breaking down. <laughs> <laughs> We all took the <laughs> but no, I think that, you know, again, my clients come to me and they they want to sit down in front of somebody and say, "What do I need to do?" And that, the number I get emails from people all the time saying, I, "I'm just getting started. I don't know what questions to ask." Yeah, I don't know. You know, I need guidance as to what I need to do next. I found you. That's a starting point. What's next? And I think that that's what I do with with you know, sending people to lenders. We sat down with a local lender and said. We're exploring two different paths. We're either going to sell our house, buy something new, or we're going to renovate, and we want to do like a uh, 
where we can like the cash out refi, right? Where we get the cash so that we can build the thing. And we sat down with him and talked about it, and like we just can't like he was so helpful. He didn't know us from you know whoever, but like this like going through like having somebody who could look at the numbers and and be sort of deliberately calculating about it and help you find that answer right is so valuable. And we didn't end up doing either of those things <laughs> but like he was so willing to help out and mm-hmm. like give us an opinion that it, like you desperately need sometimes you some like because if you get in your own head and you're in your sort of the own your own weeds it can be hard to kind of see the various options as any different or as like any type of advantage and this guy was hugely helpful right at helping us figure that out no, I mean, I think that the value of being able to sit down in front of somebody and, and have a conversation with them, mm-hmm. and again, with, with me, with, I think, to your point about human interaction, the, being able to read body language, you know, if I say, you know, to, to you and your wife, Bart, that, you know, that you know, here's where I think we, here, here's one of the options, and I see you cringe, or whatever, you see your wife cringe, like, Ugh. you know, okay, why? <laughs> Is that a scary proposition for you? You know, where instead of sending an email saying, here are the two options, you all figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Is, yeah. is a very different environment. Okay. Um, so it's something that you have to, you know, for, yeah, for some people, everything online is great. But for, at least through my lens of, of the world, having relationship, relationships with people is critical and being able to read what's important to them. <laughs>